That's better. Hello? Can you hear me? Because I can't hear you. I can hear you. Okay, cool. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. That's good, man. It's like that. Like, sun's out. Um, What more can we say? I'm just waiting on um one more person to join, but that will be okay. it. Well, so did you join Ali? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Hey, okay, so we got both of them in. Okay, then. So, everybody, welcome back to another podcast. I think this is. Like- is there a way? Sorry, is there a way to put this on like loudspeaker? Because turn up your phone. You should be able to hear us clearly, though. I have, I have, I have. Yeah. Okay. So can you hear me clearly? Yeah. yeah. Okay then. So, people, um, welcome back to another podcast. Today I'm joined by El Chapo and another guest, Alex. This will be podcast 16 or 17, I think. Um, El Chapo, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Um, Alec, how are you doing? I'm very well, sir. Um, you two do know each other. You know that, right? You know, Alec, you know. Yes, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. How you doing, Alec? I'm good. How are you, brother? It was your birthday recently, so again, happy birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Happy belated, Alec. Definitely happy Yeah, belated. yeah, thanks, thanks. On the 16th of May, and I'm still celebrating it today. <laughs> That's a long birthday. Yeah, I'm celebrating the last weekend of my birthday, bro. Okay. <laughs> so what do you do? What do you do? What, what do you just celebrate all of May? Aha! That was what I used to do before COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But now, now we day. I'll calm down a bit because of my job schedules and that. But yeah, my missus got me some lobster today. So I had that. And uh, I'm drinking a whole bottle of Hennessy just to climax the birthday month. <laughs> but yeah, that, that is it. Uh, yeah. A whole bottle of Hennessy. A whole bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, why well, you want to join me? No, no, no. Like, you can't come to my house. In, in A&E. Yeah, okay. yeah. In, 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 yeah, in A&E. You know what I mean? Nah, no, no, no. I'm using it to, um, what's it called? Uh, is it wash my... <laughs> uh, I need to wash my mouth and wear my tooth. Yeah. Is it... What did they sterilize for COVID nineteen? You mean sterilize? You I'm sterilize. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Used to sterilize, man. What yeah. Used to use, you know. <laughs> I, need, I, I needed to wash down the lobster. Is it? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That high life, yeah. yeah. That high life that I see it, you're living. We've only got one life to live, my bro. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny you say that. Yeah, man. I should start. You know what the problem is though. I can't really drink alcohol like that though. I don't know what it is about me. I can't, when I drink alcohol like to an excessive point, my shoulder starts hurting me. Apparently it's, my body can't break down the alcohol like like, like how it used to be. So my body just like holds it as like, retains it as water. Mm. So it shows me that. So the pain in my shoulder tells me that my body's breaking down the alcohol for like over a period of days. And it really hurts. It feels like someone's dislocated my shoulder. So it's really bad. So I try to stay away from it as much as I can, you know? Mm. That's because you haven't done it for too long. Yeah, but you know uh, me, Alim. I'm not really a drinker. You know, I'm not really <laughs> yeah, one of those no. people. You know? I know. <laughs> so, um, 
I'd like to say, oh, thank you to everyone that's been listening to the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's been it's been good. I think because the sun's out, I think people have more time, and because people have had to stay in their homes, I think people are listening to more audiobooks and podcasts and all that stuff. So I'd like to say thank you to the people. Um, this podcast today will be this a general conversation between the three of us about what's been going on in um, COVID. Um, um, I would say the. I want what is it? Um, police, what the police brutality um, that happened in 2012 of the guy that died in Tottenham. We'll talk about um, George Floyd, Aubrey, and the, the the young lady. I forgot her name. I can't be bad. I forgot her name. I just researched her as well. Nurse about the about the girls that died in America. But just first off, uh, what do you guys think about the George the George Floyd incident? Um. Alex, you want to go first on that? I don't mind. No, no, no. I'll wait for you. <laughs> okay. What do I think about it? Um, I think Will Smith said it best. He says, uh, racism isn't getting worse. It's getting filmed. So imagine, imagine, like, you think about all these situations. Like, mm-hmm. some of the people that are listening to you had never heard of Minnesota or let, let alone knew that there were black people living there. Well, maybe, yeah, because Prince came out of there. So, um that's not entirely fair um the thing is it's like everyone was shocked at the rodney king beating except for the black people in la yeah you know black people have endured these type of situations with the police any place on earth where the 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 people in power uh, are have a, a large black population and are not themselves black the black people are oppressed or have been historically it happened in it happened in uh, the United States. It happened during the colonial times. It happened throughout imperialism. Wherever these people showed up, they brought down the heavy burden. It happened in Australia. It happened in India. It happened in China. It just anywhere, anywhere you could think of, where these people were able to get in power. And I, I, and when I say people, I don't want everyone to think like um, people say. Oh, you know, black people can be racist too. And I say that that's not entirely true because racism requires an element of power. And in the vast majority of places, um, that's not possible. The only place, the only time I could say, yeah, is it's like, and I don't have a problem with them doing it because it's a black country. But if, if Mugabe wants to treat the white people in his country badly, you could technically say he's being racist to them only because he has supreme authority or when he did. Um, but at the same time, how did those people get that property from the black people to begin with? Because, you know, white people are not indigenous to uh, Zimbabwe. So it's like things like that. Uh, but like I said, it requires an element of power. And because in most places on earth, except for like Africa and the West Indies, black people are not at the top of the power structure. So anytime they suffer at the hands of that power structure, it's usually as a result of some type of prejudice. That's true. That is true. Alec? Yes. What do you... Yes. <laughs> I've got like a million and one thing to say. <laughs> Bye. Um, maybe I'll, I'll just keep it short. All right. What happened in Minneapolis? It's disgusting. Damn right wrong. Yeah. And it can't be condoned in any form. You know, not, 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 like, even if, 
even if he was a terrorist, he didn't deserve to be killed that way, right? And yeah. it's unfortunate we always find ourselves, you know, at um, in instances like that because we do not really have a community, right? And it's 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 sad. It's it's sad because um, these African Americans have been living in America for well over three hundred years, close even to four hundred years. So it's it's a bit sickening to see, you know, someone to treat like a fellow American like that, you know. But then it it all boils down to the fact that we we don't have any community. So it's like no one really uh, value us in any way, right? And. Uh, why, will I, why am I even saying this? All right, in our communities, we seem to like just do everything on our own as, yes, this is what I'm, I'm doing. I'm, you know, this is my vision of, this is how I want to do uh, what I'm doing. And no one else can step in and, you know, say anything about it, right? And we don't even have anything that we we can hold you know, like say all right if they bought if they did anything it wouldn't have any impact apart from them being valid but then that stems back to the fact that yes we do not have anything that we we can like say to the world or show to the world that look we are we are a powerhouse yeah because we are divided in every form of division and it, it's it's sad because i'm sure um no jewish person would have been treated like that no chinese person would have been treated like that no um i think even mexican would have been treated like that because these people have communities. It's a shame where uh, our division is depicted in even the music we do, right? And people even have the cheek now, people that are non, you know, blacks, obviously have taken to our style of music and they talk about the same um, nonsense that kills us. Right, so um, we, we we kill each other over bars in music or lyrics or songs. We kill each other based on our com- a community that we hold uh, strong by. That oh yeah, this is or oh, this is where we are from. Oh, and that that is us, and it's it's us, you know. So I cannot. It's it's disgusting. I, I wish to say more, but then I, I think maybe the a bit of what I've said may be enough. We do not have no community. So hence people just take a piss out, out of us. Because one just one last thing. If you look at governments of uh, African countries or Caribbean countries or wherever black people are, right? 
even the people in charge don't put any value on its citizens. So hands, we well, wherever that we go, they mistreat us. Like it, it, it's disgusting that Africans in in China were not even served in McDonald's because some Chinese person or someone was saying, "Oh, we were the ones, or oh, black people were the uh, people that brought COVID nineteen, and." We like people were thrown out of their houses. People that were renting places were homeless because they were because yes, someone said they brought COVID nineteen. So it's 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 sad. But then yes, it all boils down to us not having any community or having any uh, proper structure in place, you know, to cause a storm when we strike. Because all you know, we probably may do is riots, and rioting, you know, wouldn't have much effect, you know. So yeah, that's probably that. And yeah, like that's, I said, that's, that's I, all I can say. I I I hear you. Um, yes, I feel like some of the argument that you're making is that black people also, and we are we are violent with each other, and we do fight over some frivolous things. Yes. Um, but at the same time, the argument that 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 is around the George Floyd situation is is I feel a slightly a different situation in that. Like, yeah, I think that when black people fight over each other or fight with each other, uh, it's ridiculous. It's Jay Z said it. You know, don't die over the neighborhood where your mom rents. Yeah, like, it's a silly thing to do. Absolutely. Like many of the, these kids that murder each other in council houses, and if the council decided tomorrow that they live out in Basildon or mm -hmm. out in the middle of nowhere, they have to leave. So how much of that neighborhood that you're willing to die over do you actually have control of? So yeah, it's that's stupid. I, I understand that. Um, but in terms of like racism, I think racism comes from the fact that one person feels superior to another and that superiority uh, comes down through many ways. It's more subtle in the UK, I'll say. It's very subtle. Um, like I, that's the reason I'm British, but I was raised in the United States because my father trained a man who became his manager. And this guy said to him, I shouldn't be your manager. You should be my manager, but they'll never give it to you unless you move to the part of the company that's in the United States. And my dad moved his entire, entire family in like the early nineties. And so I grew up in California. Um, but that was, I, I, I'm literally an American because of racism. So, I, I see it from, from, from various sides. And like my father told me, the only time that he ever felt esteem as a black person or experienced privilege was when um, we lived in Saudi Arabia for a short time. And um, there was a Yemeni man who was running a line at like the DMV or the, what you call the DVLA in Saudi Arabia. And uh, he saw my father in line and they said, there's a whole bunch of white people. And he moved my dad to the front of the line. And my dad was like, why am I going to the front? And the, the man in his broken English, because he, he spoke Arabic, was like, you and me, same, same. And he touched his skin. So he's esteemed my father based on the color of his skin. Now, you might think, well, that's not fair. And true, for the people who waited patiently in line, it wasn't fair. But those instances throughout the earth are few and far between. Uh, everybody still got served that day, you know. 
but in places where the power structure is, is white, a black person or a person of color might never get their chance to get their documents or whatever was seen that day. Or like it's it's way more nefarious, you know. Um, and and that's sad in of itself. But in regards to black people, we don't esteem each other enough. Um, that being said, everyone's like, oh, why is everyone rioting? Why you want to burn down? this why you want to do and run into the store and grab the gucci and the dior people that don't like you anyway some of those people are just out for a payday some of them are out to just get stuff but martin luther king said that the the riot is the language of the unheard you kicked colin kaepernick out of uh out of an entertainment out of out of a sports league because he peacefully protested the things that were happening those things are still happening you got mad at LeBron James for the T-shirt that he wore and the things that he says. They sprayed, they sprayed nigger on his um, garage door. LeBron James. And then was like, oh, he can't be mad. What did someone say? Um, we they, they say this in the media, and it's a racist thing to even say. We allow these people to become millionaires. You didn't, you didn't allow LeBron James anything. He's LeBron James. He worked hard to get to that level. He has a physical ability that he's able to translate into something that the society in which he was he he lives in as a result of slavery allows him to profit and it's like warren buffett even said he said if i was born anywhere else on earth i'd probably be poor it's just i was born into a society and into a family that allows me to benefit from my particular ability and we all have different abilities so it's like it it's like that and then Trevor Noah talks about racism. He says it's more like a golf handicap. And I don't know how well all y'all understand golf, but like, though that it's an easy game, like if you're a professional player playing against an amateur, they give you a handicap. So like, I have, I'm the amateur, so I have five chances to make it to the to the, to the last hole or, or five chances to, to complete the course. But if you're a professional, you only get two. So, yeah, I understand that. I, I understand golf. Yeah, I used to play golf. Yeah. So it's like it's like that. But then, uh, and the, and the vast majority of white people we know, it's like racism. It's like terrorism. Even the vast majority of Muslims we know are kind, decent, loving, nice people. But when you see terrorism and the the people look a certain way, you start to even believe that, oh wow, these guys are all bad. But then uh, an Asian man once said like. He, he gets it from both ends because he's scared of the terrorists too but he looks like them so he's like getting abuse from from people that don't look like him and he's terrified of his community and I understand that too but it, it all boils down to power and a lack of love black people are not esteemed you said Alex that um, black people don't like it's the community situation and, and to a degree it is but you have to understand like African Americans aren't they were destroyed at the family level. They destroyed black families from the boats that, where they stole them from the, the countries of West Africa, because many of them are descendants of Ghanaians, Equatorial Guinea, Gambians, Nigerians. They all descend, because when you check our markers, we all pop up. My dad said, we descend from people from Equatorial Guinea. Now, those family structures were destroyed. The names were taken, the languages were taken. And then like people say, oh, well, you know, they're, they're doing well now, you know, everything's fine now, but it's like a, a world, a, a, a bunch of small col colonies became a superpower in under 200 years. Why? Because you had free labor. 
you you had a workforce that you stole and and abused and kept abusing and they were able to 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 create such a powerful economy that the country overtook the, the, like the, the the colonists overtook the the um the country that that they came from like america became more powerful than great britain and, and it was all off of free labor and uh, the exploitation of minorities and they don't really want to acknowledge that and one last point the person said when you talk about americans the only americans are the ones that don't have a prefix in front do you notice that there's mexican americans there's african americans there's indian americans there's jewish americans there's native americans but they don't call white people european americans they're just americans so it said any time you have a prefix in front you know exactly where you stand in that country that's you know what that's um that's very true i saw a video online a couple of weeks ago and the black boy was in a college i don't know if you guys have seen this and he goes what do you call yourself and he she goes one girl goes oh i'm an african american so he goes why are you calling yourself an african american so she said because i am he goes i'm an american and everyone went mad like oh why are you calling yourself that and he's like but i'm an american and she goes yeah but you're an african he goes yeah but i've never been to africa and he goes yeah, but that's not the point he goes yeah but i've never been to africa i've never stepped foot there most of my family now over 400 years are american he's like why are you still calling yourself afro american why are you calling yourself by why are you calling yourself a hairstyle that went out in the 60s it doesn't make any sense um going back to what you guys were saying about the whole thing it's it's both your points in one so i'm going to try to make this um try to make this i'm going to try to pick points at different parts i probably won't take that long but i'm going to try to pick um getting back to um alex's point of view about the community yes um black communities are broken down into points where i believe that everybody is trying to get out of the hood by any means necessary but the community part of it i will take from my community what i can to get out of the community and i'm going to leave you behind until it suits me to bring you with me that's how i generalize it as i'm getting older i start to see it more i start to see people um live their life i hear people complaining about they can't get the right job they can't do this and they can't do that and sometimes i i, I sometimes you have to feel for them because of on the community aspect like the um the chinese and the asians and the bangalis okay let's, let's put the bangalis in it for instance alec you worked with me yes. for a long time um the parking lot at work was full of mm-hmm. Mercedes, Mercedes, um, cars, cars that, cars that this is basically say we could never afford in our lifetime unless we followed a, a specific set of rules. Now, when I look at, when it comes to um, racism, and I think that um, racism is broken, broken down on a family level, like you said, um, um, El Chapo, and why I believe that very strongly is a Bengali family can come over here, live in a four-bedroom house that they all pay for, that they all work towards. And what they will do is, even if it's the wrong thing to do, they will all eat together. Um, they will all, it sounds really rude, they will shit together. They will, two people will sleep in the room with their wife. 
if he's banging his wife in the corner, you just get up and you go. But all of the household bills all come under one roof. They all pay those bills. Then what happens is they all have this, they all have this square of money that they're able to buy a shop, buy someone's house. They even buy the house next door to their house until you find out that they own five houses on one street. And then they'll get more Bangladeshis over to come and they rent those rooms out and it all becomes one big whole thing. Now, the whole breakdown of the family issue with black people is we don't do that because like Leon, like um, said, we're broken down on the level of family. If you break down that family and make us live how we're not traditionally meant to live, that's why I believe that a lot of there's a lot of mental illness, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, mental stress, there's stress at work because the way we're used to living, even if we don't want to admit it, the way we're used to living, we're meant to not live in big cities. We're meant to be tribal. Even if you don't want to admit it, we're meant to be tribal. We're meant to be 14 to a tribe, 15 to a tribe. The next tribe, we tra- we're meant to travel hundreds of miles to go and see this next tribe to, um, to trade fish, to trade what we didn't have. So we're meant to be tribal. And I don't believe that when it comes to black people in a, in a sense, I don't think we're meant to thrive in a city experience because that's not what not because we're not used to this we're not used to living in a city where our values and everything that we believe in is basically being no sorry we don't want you to have your real name we don't want you to speak in your native tongue you follow these set of rules and then for instance the riots when we lash out about something it's because we're living in a certain way that we're not meant to live and we believe that violence is the only way sometimes to get across to other people now don't get me wrong i'm not saying that smashing people's windows and burning down people's establishments that they've worked hard to build is the right way to do it but i'll honestly say to you guys sometimes the only way to get the point across is to break shit martin luther king and malcolm x let's be honest about this and let's be real truthful and be be truthful anyone and when they do something in this life, I could I could talk to you guys forever and I can say whatever I want to say. It took Muhammad Ali to go to jail. It took Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali, um, Malcolm X and um, um, what's his name? Martin Luther King to die in order for certain things to happen. And black people, we don't really have a voice. Like we can speak to the masses, it doesn't matter. Until something drastic happens, violence or someone dies with black people i believe that's the only way that our point can get across and it's sad because this person george floyd guy had to die in order for now this policeman to get arrested these policemen have been killing people for for years ever since i've woken up to the world and started watching the news and started watching this it's the only time they've ever been like this is the first probably one of the first officers that I paid attention to that's got arrested that's put a knee in someone's neck and got arrested now I don't know what's going to happen to this guy I don't think he's going to get the punishment that he deserves but what should be the punishment he's got a badge he's got a uniform he's doing his job my only problem with this with this situation and the racism that I had and this was my problem with this video I'm going to ask you guys a question with this no one tried to help him 
that's my only problem. No one tried to help this guy when they were talking. You can get shot, I understand. You can get tased. We can group together now to say, oh, we're outraged. No one ran forward to help this guy. I don't know about you guys, but if it's me on the floor and someone's got their neck and I'm saying to you guys, and I'm saying I can't breathe, I expect someone to run over and push the police behind me. I expect it. I expect it with me. Sorry, I, I had to say, I expect someone to come over and help me. So what do you guys think? Hello? Hello? Ali? I don't know. Yeah. I volume has gone really low. Hello? Yeah. It's gone really we low. We can hear you fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. So, yeah, what yeah, I, I mean, you've made, you've made some uh, valid points. And obviously, uh, to answer your question, um, can I just say something? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, go on. Speak. Okay. Free, yeah, free speech. So, go on. I know you were saying about, like, um, what happened with us being div- divided and whatnot. Yeah? I just my take on it. That, that probably is my personal opinion. All right. We endured as okay. So I'm I'm Ghanaian. I'm from Ghana in Africa, and um, we saw over 400 years of like Portuguese rule, British rule, Portuguese rule, then British rule, like all within like 400 years, and. Um, these lot came as uh, what do they call them? Um, church people. So they came, obviously, to read the Bible to people that they want to convert them, right? And as Africans, being uh, very accommodating, we embraced them. Then it took for someone, you know, one of them, their people, to say, look if we could get these people to listen to them like this how about we take them over to our countries to or our country to let them help us yeah so their their, their trick was they went to our chiefs to say look oh we we would like to take some of your men or some of your people to let's say our our countries to to the new world world. right the new world um we will pay them like obviously they will have a better life than what they have now and what the chiefs did at that time was at the time we had like loads of like wars because african um try well africa is made up of tribes so when some tribes go to war they bring uh, captives back as slaves so hence they decided now then okay yeah all right we'll just give you our captives right to go to this new world and at least it, it will it will relieve us of you know being um what's the word like looking after these law and making them um 
captives. So yeah, they they did that. Then yeah, you don't have to feed them. Yeah, you don't. Have I to can't hear them. you. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, you can't. I don't know why they're saying this. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. It's gone so low. Yep. All right. Don't worry, so, don't worry. Yeah, so that happened. Then they came down again with, like, obviously gifts and, like, gunpowder. And they probably, well, at the time told the people that, look, we, we have guns. Okay, the more uh, ammunition you have, the more you can conquer your enemies and this that because we shouldn't fail to understand that all those enemies and people that don't like us and whatever is is gone on for centuries because even my family like i'm a royal so i come from a royal family so when i go back home we have our own traditional home where if I go to my house now, I there are things there that go way back into the seventeen hundreds and wherever. Like your grand, uh, your great 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 granddad was this person, and they did this that, and they can tell you our history. So I, I mean, so it it's understanding we've been divided from from or we've been divided for a long time, but. We've come a long way since the 1800s, even since 1963 or 64, when there was civil rights movement. We've come a long way. So, me personally, I think by now we should have sat down to think that, okay, hold on. When we go to any country, there's a Chinatown, right? You go to Germany, there's a Chinatown. You go to uh, the Netherlands, there's a Chinatown. Like everywhere that you go, there's some form of Chinatown because (laughs) these people try to uh, infiltrate every country to have their own people there, you know, so they, they sell or they they basically um do things that will benefit china all right i understand that we 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 are are divided but what have we done over the years to break that gap right because you go to certain places and you say you're an african someone from the caribbean will tell you well well, i'm you're an african oh wow like it brings out a whole debate so my point is we're not like the division where where we are now and where we are going if we don't actually sit down and think that okay we should figure out or find out a way to unify and you know stay on our ground and um do things for ourselves it'll it'll take a long it'll probably take another generation for us to see ourselves anyway so then all right so back to what this um officer whatever his name is what he's done yes i'm a security person all right so I, i i've been i've been doing security for a long time and in your training they tell you 
they they tell you certain things that you have to do in order to um, make peace. So first of all, you should be a good talker. You need to speak to people. You have to settle things amicably, like you have to talk. If talking fails, then there, there's a bit of um, you being hands-on. But hands-on is you maybe having an arm's length, you know, to stop someone that, look, listen, you've had your, you know, you've had your say or whatever, but this is our stand on this, and this is what we stand by. So you cannot, you know, go past my arm's length, because I'm telling you to stay back. All right, if the person chooses to still be an idiot, then probably you have to use reasonable force. There's no circumstance in any, because I've had, I've had like security training. I've had um, a bit of cadet training because when I was young, like in Ghana, you had to try and do like military um, training at at a young state as a cadet, right? So knowing that there's no, there wasn't, it, there isn't any thing that tells you that you should kneel on someone's neck. So for him to do that, he's broken the code of conduct of the police force, right? Because one, even those that go to Iraq, like those that fight in the British army, when you're taken abroad to like, when people that went to Iraq or went to um, Afghanistan, there was a treaty, like there was something that you signed to say that, look, based on this, you cannot kill somebody or shoot somebody who isn't aiming their rifle at you or AK-47 at you or have, uh, you can't kill like a child because you think, oh, they're Afghanistan. And you know, no, you cannot do that. And these are things that these people sign. So wherever that he's, what he's done now is a criminal offense. I feel fine, it's good they, they first uh, relieved him of his duties and now he should be dealt with as a civilian because what he was doing, there wasn't any justification of you pinning someone down if you're going to arrest him for write, writing a bad check when the person didn't have guns. Even us that do security, my main job now, like I work on the trains I'm, and I'm a real enforcement officer. Our job is to basically ensure that people don't come to the station, you know, with that tickets or where, because the whole network grill is a private entity. So you cannot just get up and say, oh yeah, I want to travel to Basildon. So yes, I'll go and just walk through the virus. No, it's a no-no. And you cannot be abusive to stuff. But our job then is, is to ensure that that, it, that is followed. So you cannot come into a station and think, oh yeah, you can just travel whatever you want and spit on the platform 
or piss on the platform or be smoking because these are bylaws. Network Grill does not accept that. So it's simple. So every officer, everyone that is put in that position knows their role, but he's overstepped the mark. So I think they need to deal with him like what they'll do with deal how they'll deal with a civilian. You know, and wherever that he's used, they need to dish it out to him. Yeah, so that's how much I have to say. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think that that legislation has to get involved. Um, if he's moved, like you said, the moment he, he does think something outside the realm of what policing is, he should be subject to the laws as a citizen because he's not acting as a police officer anymore. Whether or not he's, he's on duty, he's gone above and beyond. Like if you're wearing the badge and um, you're, you're caught assaulting a woman, sexually assaulting a woman, they would have to charge him with rape. So if you're murdering somebody, they should charge him with murder. But it should be a, a law that is a federal law so that the states can't get involved anymore and decide that this guy's innocent just because he works technically for the state. It has to be done at a federal level and they should be taken into federal prison. Um, Dick Gregory, uh, a famous actor, black man, he said that the way to stop police violence because... Um, he said it will never stop because of the way historic racism is systematic. It's part of it's endemic. It's like part of the culture in the United States. It was built on racism, so it's kind. It's hard for it to, to. It's hard for him to believe it would be. It would dissipate anytime soon. He said that all policemen should be insured. He said if you have to insure every single policeman, that that behavior would be eradicated. Because if you could end up losing all your livelihood over a mistake by doing something outside the realm of policing you would think twice like even if he doesn't go to jail if he's insured and he goes outside and he's in breach of the insurance of whatever his job is they can he forfeits all of his asset he's not going he's going to think twice before he, he arbitrarily does something like killing a, a person in general like you'd have to be very very sure that you want to unload your weapon or do something that could take someone's life if you knew your livelihood was at stake also. And it's because they know that they have nothing to lose and that, that many people don't value a black life. Even if they're not out and out racist, they don't value these black people. Like there's people that would never harm a black person, but they'll still be the ones that are grabbing their purse, locking their car door, uh, telling their, their kids they don't want that kid playing over here, which I think falls along racist lines, but it's like, they wouldn't necessarily go and do what this guy did, but there's there's elements of it there. But if a police officer, again, back to the point, if a police officer was insured and if he violates that by going outside the realms of what he's trained to do and is allowed by the police force, he forfeits his assets instantly, instantly. He And if he can't pay the, the massive fine that comes along with breaching the insurance or whatever, automatic jail. If that was the law, they, this wouldn't happen. And it's true. And it's like, you don't even, because you can't change hearts and minds. Yeah. But you can legislate behavior. You cannot sit like, we can all sit here and pray and pray and pray for these people that are racist to stop being racist. But it's something that they're taught because no one's born racist. It's something that you're taught. It's part of the environment that you grow up in and it becomes okay and it becomes acceptable. And then it gets passed along through generations. The same reason that, you know, people are loving and kind is a result of their environment is the same reason people are hateful 
it's a result of the environment because learning to love somebody is something that's taught too you're when you're born you have a blank slate you don't know what's right or wrong so but generally most people gravitating to what's decent is a natural thing because we all have a conscience it can be skewed like you know so but generally people have a, a every person has some type of decency in them and if that's reinforced through the environment in which they're raised they become better people but um, what was you saying you saying about africa and about community and what not i think the the way that we fix the problem between the various black peoples around the world i think we all need to like the reason that the, there's a problem between africa and the west indies sometimes is that separation and i've even said it i've said silly things like like when i first came here and like some african people were saying weird things at work like you guys are not really black were the original man and i'll take it offense. no i would take offense, but then i thought about it and i was like at the same time if you tell a japanese person they look chinese they're offended you tell them that a korean they look chinese they're offended you tell a thai person they look chinese they're offended now they all descend from chinese people but they're allowed their own like their own they, they they're able to define themselves as a different people but they descend from chinese people all of them japanese all of them anybody all those peoples in that area descend from chinese people and that's why they have the same complexion and similar features as you get further away from china those features change because as they went away they, they intermarried with different people uh, and so on and so forth so i said as west indian we're a descendant of africans so we're like the japanese are to the chinese Africa is like China and we're like Japan. That doesn't mean that we can't get along. Because Africa, because China and Japan, Japan did terrible things to China throughout World War II. But after but Japan and China have business relations today. There are people that are Chinese and and Japanese at the same time. I think for the, for the, the the West Indian African problem to disappear, we need to intermarry so much that we become one tribe again. and that's what i think would fix it because our families need to intermingle there's so much that west indians can learn from african families and so much african families can learn from west indians that if we merge those cultures again back into one we're both stronger because we have the experience of growing up predominantly around european cultures and how to deal with them better i find it that the west indian guys deal better in my job specifically with the with the british people or the english people than the african people like they they have they see things a little bit differently um and that's not always true of everybody but i'm just saying in my particular environment this is how it is like a lot of the older guys especially the ones from like um these two guys there's three guys i work with they're all from zimbabwe and a lot of the black people just dislike them the ghanaians dislike them nigerians dislike them because these guys will kowtow they'll kiss up they'll do anything for the white managers and then they treat the other black people they work with like slaves or something close and we're like you're black like us do you realize they see you like us and they're like no you guys are lazy you guys are this you guys are that and at the same time it's like wow like you would think you'd understand the suffering of another person who shit excuse me who shares your complexion like black man knows what another black goes through without having to ask like you know what a black man goes through like there's so many times you'll look at a black person you don't know after something really stupid happens and whether you're from Africa West Indies or whatever y'all look at each other and y'all know exactly why that situation is dumb or why that person got talked to that way or why this happened or 
Like, we know. We know nine times out of ten if we walk past some guy getting, uh, even in Britain, some guy getting uh, rassled or hassled by the, the police that it's just because of how he looks. Why are you doing here? And they ask you the same stupid questions over trying to trip you up. Well, who are you here to meet? Why? Are you, what are you doing here? I'm here to meet my friend. Da, 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 da. It's like, when they do it to me, I'm literally like, I've already answered that question. And they go, yeah, well, I'm asking you again. Well, I said, well, the answer is the same, so you can revert back to it. But I think because of how I respond and where I was raised, because there's no fear of dealing with the police, because the police I'm used to can just, like, kill me instantly. Uh, and these police can't. But I don't respond to them the same way. The fear's not there. And I kind of feel like they wish they had that kind of fear authority uh, to dominate you with. But um, they don't. And I... One last thing. Uh, I got pulled over one night coming back from work. This is when I I had my uh, I had a nice Mercedes. And I drive a very old Lexus now as a result of these situations. I didn't want the hassle anymore. I'm like, I still make the same money. I know who I am. I do not need a car to define me. So I got rid of my Mercedes. But when I had it, I was driving home at like 3 a.m. After like a shift of like six hours, eight hours, something like that. It was a long shift in a hot tunnel. And I get pulled over in Camden, on the Camden uh, archway border. And this four cops came out there. I'm in my I'm in my uniform still. And they said to me, Where are you where are you going? I said, I'm coming home. Where are you coming from? I said, I'm coming home from work. Where do you work? So I look down at my 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 badge and I'm like, that my roundel. I'm like, that's that's where I work. That's where I work. Oh, how do we know you work there? So what were you think? I'm advertising for them in the middle of the night. I was like, my tools, my gear is all here in the car. I was like, what are you talking about? So then they just kept asking me, who's this car belong to? I said, what does it say when you run it? And I said, it says such and such. I said, well, that's me. So it's my car. This is your car? I said, yes, it's my car. You just asked me. It answered. I said, well, why am I being pulled over? Oh, just a minute. We need to check some things. So they ran everything under the sun. Have you ever been arrested? I said, no, never in my life, in this country or any other. And they're like, do you have uh, have, uh, do you have any drugs in the car? <laughs> and I said to them, like, apart from aspirin, no. So it's like, they, they were looking for something, if you know what I mean. There was four of them. And then the, the one of the ladies said, take your hands out of your pockets. And I was tired, so I complied. But after I thought about it, I was like, why did I comply to that? Because I literally said to her, if you feel that I have something that might be dangerous to you, feel free. I'm giving you permission to pat me down. And she's like, no, no, just keep your hands out of your pockets for respect. And this was some Eastern European lady cop. And I was like, what is going on here? I am a British citizen. I don't have any record of any kind. I'm completely compliant to the situation. More so because I'm tired and I just want to go home. My car is insured. My car is paid for. I haven't done anything wrong. And uh, in the end, uh, the cop, when he realized he couldn't find anything, told me to put my hands in front of me. He was arresting me. And I, and, I, and I put my hands down. I said, for what? He goes, oh, sorry, just kidding. And then he walked off to the car. And I said, as he's walking away, I said, I said, all of you should be ashamed of yourself. And you're very unprofessional. Pretending to arrest me as a joke is not something I find very funny. And he goes, oh, well, the real reason we stopped you is because you're speeding. And I said, no, you isn't, because I saw you as I passed the, the petrol station where you came out of down the road there, yeah? I said, if I can see you in that petrol station coming out, why am I then going to speed past you? I said, and also, if I was speeding, as there's a two speed cameras we just went through, why didn't I set them off? And he said, anyway, 
uh, stay out of trouble. I drove off and I was living. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. That, that, that is a lot. Um, see, <laughs> those type of incidents, those, those type of incidents, I just see as it's it's just something we're gonna have to live through. Police are gonna stop us, regardless of what of what we're doing on the street. We could be Dom, since, since, having since a party. I had my my dusty old school yeah. Lexus, I have not been stopped once. Okay, but let, let me just let me just show you in not not in the same scenario, but to me. What happened to you was fishing for something that's not there that you're trying to catch me out on. You know it's not there because you run my plate, you run my insurance, you check my car, you search me, take your hands out of your, your pockets because of respect. Okay. Let me give you another scenario. So, Alec, you know where we work. We work in Asda. We, we, we do our thing. And uh, I'm a night manager where I work. And um, sometimes, don't get me wrong, I'm not wearing... Um, I don't know. Since this whole, I would say Google thing, since Google has taken over a lot and Amazon, I don't know if you've seen that like, the the infrastructure of the way business works nowadays. Old school is they don't like it; it's outdated. They're trying to get rid of it. The new school is in, and the way Google has presented themselves is everything is easier for you to get a hold of. Emails are there; it's quicker, faxes out of fashion. Then it comes down to clothing. When it comes down to clothing. Um, retail changed a lot of their old school ways from wearing a tie that's stuck on your neck to basically come casual. Now, casual casual wear is shirt, jeans, Timberlands, anything you can find basically in your closet. But if you look smart enough, you can probably wear it to work. So I would say every style of clothes fits different people differently. So one of my managers, when this first started to yes, roll that, uh, my manager, you know Bernard, didn't it, Alec? Yeah, you know Bernard. He wore light blue jeans and a small cut-off shirt. You know the, the short sleeve shirt? It's like a shirt. And the manager went up to him and said to him, oh, you're meant to come in casual. Now, he was wearing dark blue jeans, a long sleeve shirt, and a jumper over it. So he pulls... My manager pulls his jumper away and goes, what's wrong with what I'm wearing? So he goes, so he shakes his head. So I say, so what he's wearing is not professional. He said, yeah, 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 because it's short sleeve. I said, that doesn't make any sense though, because what he yeah. might find casual might not be what someone in the office finds casual. So to get to my story, basically, a um, couple of months ago, I was pulling out delivery as I do. And I'm wearing, because it was cold, I was wearing a black fleece, black jeans, black trainers. I'm wearing my high vis. The delivery man pulls up, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, one more thing, whatever." Because most of these delivery drivers, they always then if you realise, delivery drivers are the most racist, controversial people. They've always got a problem. There's always a problem. I'm not saying all of them, but there's always a problem. They've always got a sly remark about something or some. The problem is. I don't know where these people live. They must live on a farm. <laughs> I don't know where they live, but they've always got a slight yeah. remark or a racial slur to give you. So, as I am telling people where to go, 
I'm pulling out delivery. The guy goes to me, oh, excuse me. I said, yeah. He goes to me, oh, um, is there any managers about? Because I can't seem to understand why there's no fucking managers. There used to be a lot of um, white managers in here, but nowadays you can't tell them apart. So I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? He goes, oh, there's no manager. I haven't seen one all night. So I said, yes, you have. So he goes, no, I haven't. There's not been a manager out here since, I, since I've seen you. So I said, I am a manager. He looks me up and down and goes, oh, managers are falling falling away um, from the past. They're just giving the job away then, ain't they? So I was like, what do you mean by that? He goes, you don't look the part. You don't wow. fit the description of what a manager should look like. So I said to him, explain to me what a manager should look like. Oh, they're well-dressed. Um, they're clean-shaved. Oh, most of them don't have long hair because they don't want it to get in the way in case there's an incident where there's a fight where they need to fight back because no one don't want them to pull their hair. And I was like, shit. I wonder how people must see me then when I'm in this building as a manager. Because I thought to myself, I thought I'd be yeah. okay. I had my badge on. Alec, you know how we do. I had my badge on. I had my... I had my um, my um, I had my shirt on underneath. I had um, something yeah. on the top of it, like my what's it called, that landline thing that had my thing on it. I had my hand sanitizer. I looked okay. This guy judged me. I have to say, because I was black, and oh, he didn't yeah. feel that I fit the narrative of what a manager should be. Now, these guys are outdated, and. The reason why I think the world is like this is because TV and like you said, you're taught to be like that. You're, it's not nothing that you can just wake up and say, oh yeah, I'm a racist one day. But I would say this though, black people don't help themselves when you can go to work and have that funny banter with someone of another race and you say, Say you make a joke about something and that black person and you go, oh yeah, he's going to go eat rice and peas again. And then the black guy laughs at the humour of what he's just said. That, you've now broken down the barrier of what should be said. No, what's tolerant and what's not tolerant. So then now they feel anywhere they go, as long as they make a racist joke and it's funny or make a racial slur and it's funny, it's allowed. So... I it's it's I don't know if it's in every workplace I, I I don't know but where I work or where I've been in the past or if I'm on the street I get told that rice and peas and all these other things are <laughs> very connected very easily do you know what I mean it's I have rice and peas oh mate cook me some rice and peas do you know what I mean it's why do you believe I'm good at cooking rice and peas? Why would you believe that? You do understand that sometimes I can throw a chicken burger into the oven. Hang on one second, brother. He dropped out. Hold on. Yeah, um, I don't want people to believe that just because I eat rice and peas, that I'm the, like, I'm the black person you should go to. Do you know what I mean? I don't want it to be... I'm living for my family. That's all I can say. I'm living for my family. And 
by any means necessary, I'm going to make my family be able to live happy and to live free. But now we've got kids in the mix, it's kind of hard what to teach them and what not to teach them because I shouldn't, my daughter shouldn't have the fear to go onto the street knowing that a police officer is going to pull her over because her mum and dad have worked hard for her to buy to be able to buy her a car or to buy her something that she can get about in and the police officer is going to pull you over because she's black or because it's in Mercedes Benz. I don't understand that type of and, ignorance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think back to what Alex said, we need a stronger community. And not that we don't have a strong community, we need a community that we need a community that acts like a tribe. We need we need to be in areas in the same way the Jewish people are, the Chinese people are, the Italian people are. We need to be this and 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 we have those that and they were coming t- towards that that direction. And then they gentrify those places. They're doing it to Hackney. They're doing it to Brixton. They're doing it to Lewisham. They're doing it to Peckham. And they're squeezing us out of those places. But if we had really strong communities where we didn't just live in council housing, but we own those buildings, we own those stores, we own the places where we live, then they couldn't move us out without paying us ridiculous sums of money to do so. And that community, we'd have then, we could have black policing, um, where like it, like it was when, when our families first came over if we all remember when all of the, the West Indian people lived in the same area and everyone looked out for each other's kids and everyone knew each other true people didn't get along all the time but no one was killing each other it's like and I like what Alex said yeah but did they yeah but yeah but did they have the, the problem with that is though, brother, they, and they did, it they sounds did, really bad they came they like, had slave mentality like they had pictures of the queen up in their house and there's nothing wrong i got mad love for queen elizabeth she ain't done nothing to me personally that i can think of but maybe by extension i've suffered at the hands of things her her her, her ancestors did um, but personally i don't i don't mind but these people came from the west indies and parts of africa um i'll say more so from the west indies because i know this perspective uh with a love of the crown and whatnot like the, the black people that are in britain that came from a lot of these places came at the request of the crown after World War II, they lost so many Englishmen that they're that you know they they they're just coming out of the industrial era, and their workforce pretty much got destroyed in the wars. So World War One took out so many of them. World War Two, shortly you know 30 years later, took out the next wave. So they needed all those jobs to be filled up in industry, because a lot of those men died in the fields over in France and Germany and Russia and things like that. So they called out to the colonies. And then these people got there thinking the crown loves them, which is why they've called for them to come and work. And guess what? They get here. And the and the white people were like, we don't want you here. We don't. But they needed them again, the same way the Americans needed them to, 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 to power the economy. So I'm lazy, but I'm good enough to work for you. I'm, I'm stupid, but I'm good enough to run your factories. I'm this, I'm that. But it's like the only, the reason that black people get treated the way they do is because we have been too comfortable to be used as a commodity and we haven't asked very much back for our labor and our support of these countries that we we go to and we assist we we are a powerful voting block but many of us don't vote many of us don't even want to put our name on anything and sometimes that's a financial situation where you don't want to put yourself you don't want to put yourself too much into what my sister calls the matrix so that everyone knows your business some people have criminal records and they're afraid that you know 
if people know where they are, if they do something else dumb, they'll they'll be easy to find. But it weakens us because there's a reason that you don't have to pay for parking in in in, in um, Stamford Hill because all the Jews there vote together and said there will be no parking restrictions. And because on a Saturday, well, from Friday sundown, it's the Sabbath for them and they don't use their, their vehicles and many of their family come to visit and it's a day of prayer for them. They've made it so that anyone can park there and anyone who lives in Stamford Hill benefits from not ever having to pay parking restrictions as a result. Like you can always find parking in Stamford Hill. It's not always great, but there's always somewhere to park and you don't have to worry once your car's parked so long as it's not being searched for. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean there's no, wait, 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 wait. So there's no- The only place, the only time you'll get in trouble for parking in Stamford Hill Hill. is if you park in a private residence. Yeah, there's no street that, none of the streets have, you know how they have three letter code saying you you have, none of them, none of them. Because the Jews, they control the legislation because it's their area. <laughs> see, that, see that, that's what I'm saying. That's what, getting but, back to what but, Alex but, said. I, I, it's so he, yeah, but I can, right I can in a sense where it comes too, to like yeah, community versions. Besides being Bengali, they're also Asian. So even though Pakistanis will sometimes look down on Bengalis or Indians will look down on Pakistanis, Pakistanis look down on Indians. All that place was one country at one point. They used to call. Um, yeah, yeah it, well, they used to call Bangladesh what? Uh, Pakistan, Pakistan. Bangladesh, yeah. Until they changed the name. But before it was Pakistan, all that was India. All of it. All of it was India. And the British separated everything because they thought, well, the Muslims and the Hindus are fighting. We'll just divide everything up and make it this way. They didn't divide it around tribal or anything. They divided it around re- religious lines. But in terms of those religious lines, if you think about, like you said, the people at your work that have cars that, like, if you're working at the same place, you should be able to afford the same standard of living as the people that you work with. Now you're saying, I can see there's differences here. Now the thing about that is, in Islam, it is, as the same in Judaism, it is unlawful for you to charge your brother interest. So you and I could, like, you could afford those same cars those guys have, but you're not gonna get the deal that they're gonna get. Now, they can go and get a car and not pay any interest on it. So they're gonna be able to pay that car off. Whereas you and I will go to that same dealership, deal with those same guys. And because we're not Muslim or we're not part of their community, we're going to get high interest. Jews are not allowed to charge each other interest. It's against the law, um, Jewish law. But they can charge non-Jews interest. So you're going to get charged that interest again so they can make more money off of you. Uh, So their communities are set up to help the people from those communities to win. But we don't do that for other black people. Okay. All right, I've, I've, I've got... Okay, I've, so, okay, okay, for instance, okay, so, uh, to end this, right, one second, mm-hmm. Alex, Alex, one second, so to end this, Alex, I'm going to ask you a question, yeah, and I want both of you to answer this question, how do we, both of you, Alex first, how do we change our community, in your own version, how do we change our community to be this way? How do we get together, how do we group together as English people, not, not the rest of the world, Okay, so first of all, we need to change change our mindset. And I mean, let me delve back into what you are saying about racism wasn't, I mean, I'll try because there there was something I wanted to say. Yeah. Right. So when you study critical thinking, 
they make you understand that racism is actually taught. Yeah? People people are taught racism. Yeah, so yeah. and not not no, no, hold on. People are born to be racist. And I can say that to the fact that, yeah, when people are um racism started when certain people said look it's they they and us so they had this thing called they like daring where it's like oh they like the people there and us here so then we have to try and do something that will keep ourselves on a pedestal or be up there and they will be there and we always look down upon them so it's something that you you grow up into you you're not being taught but it's 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 sort of like an identity yeah and i i'm sorry to say this but every caucasian person is brought up or born that way they choose to come out of it and they choose to make the decision that look no they i'm not like fighting probably my family battles or whatever so i want to be different yeah so racism would never stop today it will never stop tomorrow it won't stop anytime in the future because there is this perception of certain people that look we have to always be superior than certain people right so then going back to like us making england better for our people yes we have to change our mindset and think that look everything that is good for mr a if if it's to develop them is good for mr b because i think where we've gone wrong over the years is we feel oh how can we do this oh people will think that oh oh we are too um boastful or we are too um we are showing the world too much right so then even your own mother if you went to your mom and you said look mom um how about we try and maybe get a property here most likely your mom will say to you, oh no but we we can't do that eh, that this is an area for maybe certain people no we can do something we we can we can uh persevere to be on the same level as anybody else so that goes back to placing value on ourselves all right so where i come from i'll give you a typical example yeah every time i go on holiday there's a lot that i look around in ghana there's, there's a lot that i see and i i kind of like change my perspective on how things should be done but unfortunately people have been brainwashed so much that they think they are inferior to everything yeah hence you will say to somebody look how about we maybe uh utilize our solar power right 
Ghana is sunny literally 18 hours of the day. So you say to somebody, okay, how about we try and do maybe do solar energy? Somebody will tell you that, oh, oh, but then, oh, but that, that, that's what, um, like, let's say white people do. Oh, but we are okay with us maybe not having electricity at night and we're sleeping in. Yes. I'm saying this to you from my own personal experience. It's not someone telling me, right? In our house, like in my house in Ghana, my mom built a nice house, you know, and we've been going there on holiday for time. A few years back, my mom said, uh, how about we get like solar panels? This is how, you know, this is how brainwashed or this is how stupid certain people, you know, have been um, conditioned to think that they don't, they don't have to have the best of everything. So we've gone, we've gone to, there was a shop, Maplings. You remember years ago you had Maplings? <laughs> yes. So we gone into my planes. We bought, we yeah, bought yeah, solar panels. Yeah. It cost my mom over two thousand pounds. We shipped it to Ghana, all for my brother-in-law just to find someone to install it. Okay, they didn't install it all the time. Like we probably we we sent it like six months or eight months in advance or whatever. So we go to Ghana in in September. And we were like, why haven't you guys fixed this? And, oh, we were waiting for you to um, come. So you guys, you know, because you come from abroad, you will use it because we are used to. Then this is at the time where Ghana, they were turning off the lights like every minute. Like I will turn off my plate. This is how they did their uh, electric system. Like I can sit here. I turn on my PlayStation and a minute later I'll be like, oh no, let me turn it off. Oh no, nah, my girl wants to watch a video. All right, let me turn it back on. This is how this is how they were doing in Ghana. Every hour they turn on the electricity. Uh, the next minute they turn it off. And my brother-in-law said to me, look, they, they are used to it. So they don't see why they should have solar panels that will provide energy or electricity for the house all day long and so this like we, we we've been conditioned or no we've conditioned certain people have conditioned themselves to think that look we cannot be like we can't live on maybe a, a what was the word we can't live in chelsea because we are black people and is that way because majority of our people will love to just live in a council house all the days of their life. So we don't want to branch out anywhere, right? We we, we don't we don't want to develop ourselves. Like what you're saying, what you um what uh Leon was saying el earlier about um us or certain people not um wishing to um live was it you that was okay so certain people didn't want don't wish to like have the same life as what 
uh, like Asians will do, right? Where we can live in the house as a family for maybe two years or whatever, and we can all. Um, that was Teddy. Teddy was saying it how they, they they're willing to suffer the 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 um the lack of comfort or the the imposition of having somebody else. Yeah. Yes. So they do that, and before you see, all of them have houses, yeah. and they own these houses, so they can sh- yeah. call the shot where they live. Yeah. But majority of us don't don't do that. I I give a typical example, right? I worked for Network Grill, so for the last six months, we've worked in places like West Croydon and East Croydon and South Croydon and wherever Croydon's there is and one building and <laughs> wherever right Thank you. what i have realized is yeah most stations that you go to when it comes to certain other race if they come to the station without a ticket and you tell them that look bro you haven't got a ticket you need to go and get one they will it, they will even if they don't want to they will go and get this ticket to travel but then no when it comes to our people now they oh why eh, you're working for the slave master yeah fucking this yeah this that, sorry you know but sorry for that language but that's what these people say now i i hear what you're saying yeah you're, oh okay. and yeah this yes yes can I jump in? Can I jump in one second? Can I jump in one second? It's funny that funny you say that. Even the railway, if you look at the railway the way it is, even railways are racist as well. And you, you have mm-hmm. to, if you look at the stations, some stations you can just mm-hmm. walk through and walk in. All yeah, the but okay, stations, but that you have is to have a my reason. You know why? Go on, anyway. and, and this is what I know. This is not what someone has told me because I've I've done it long enough. There are people that work in Blackfriars and people that work in the city that live in these like places like uh, Pearly and you know these are business people when they go to the station they touch in maybe 90% out of 100 touching their oysters or buy tickets and do you know how much their tickets cost thousands thousands right but then you have all these the money because they work in zone one. You know, you have you have these unscrupulous people from West Croydon that don't they, they don't want to pay for anything. They don't want to that, that that's a that's a bigger problem that you're talking about. Bear in mind that I'm not saying that that because I, I, I work for the railway okay. and I hear what I hear what yes. you're saying. And um, there are unscrupulous people and the vast majority of the ones that you're gonna come across as a black mm-hmm. man if they're also black, they're going to treat you like you're part of the problem. Yeah. When in actuality, the problem is bigger than both. Mm-hmm. There was social, the social economic situation and set up of Britain. The reason that I ended up being American, it's like the system was not set up for mm-hmm. us. So it's harder, not impossible, but it's a lot harder for us to thrive. So those people that live out in Hurley, the system set up for them. So they're, and I'm not saying they didn't work hard. And this is, and this is the issue that happens sometimes because there'll be people here that are not black that live in black areas that suffer the same things and if like if we think about it the, the white people or the the non-people of color that live around these areas that like we we all get along mm-hmm. 
and racism is more socioeconomic than anything because back in the United States for example initially what was happening was the poor peoples were banding together and because the poor peoples are more numerous the white people that were then still european decided to say oh crap if those guys all band together they'll they'll roll over us because their numbers are just that much bigger they have way more kids than we do there's there's so many of them and their needs are greater because first of all we have all the resources but there's more of them physically so then they're like well what can we do to kind of level out the playing field so that we never have to worry about them actually rising up so what they did was they invented whiteness and they said although you're not rich like me you are white so we're going to give you certain perks and this is where privilege came from that are going to make you looking like us better for you you'll give you'll have more of a chance to get to where we are because of your skin color now but you can't consort with you can't intermarry with you can't have any dealings with those other people and that was a massive evil trick that worked and because whiteness as as a thing doesn't exist everybody who's white is a descendant of someone from europe mm-hmm. um but we don't say that the americans are are europeans mm-hmm. yeah that we're american we're american yeah but if we run it back they hate that they is, hate that if you call it is, 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 is schweinsteiger mm-hmm. or something and now you go by schwin or something like that or, or like your roots are germanic you know but it's like they they and it works over here in this country too because it's for true. years they batted up the the Irish people and the Irish people started to band with the black people and then they they they've solely indoctrinated the Irish into their gang mm-hmm. so now i get batted up by Irish guys i work with and i think to myself you know a couple you know not not even 100 mm-hmm. years ago they treated you like you were a white black mm-hmm. person but now you're part of the crew and everyone's not beefing about who's Irish and who's not anymore yep y'all treated me like they were treating y'all and this happens to with me some of the Asians I work with too a lot of the Asians think that they are somewhere between white <laughs> yeah, and black yeah, yeah. but when push comes to shove you're, you're <laughs> and and the thing is and the thing I is, see that saying, right we see that is, boy it's it's we just a trick that, now and I don't want any divisions and I I know Alex you said something about how racism is taught or racist or white people are racist not all white I I personally believe I'm not saying you're wrong I personally that no one is racist you're taught it but you can be raised in an environment that it gives you so much privilege that you are accepting of the system like and again if you're a poor white person it's hard for you to hear this because you're thinking well i i'm as broke as my black neighbor however the opportunities available to you are still better than your black neighbors for the simple fact that you have that skin color and if you were to capitalize on that and and some white people don't many do If you were to capitalize on that, you would quickly see what it what it what, what the difference is. But at your current financial level, you can't see that. And in the hood, what I see is it's like crabs fighting to get to the top of the bucket. Like you're all a crab in the bucket, like you're all going to get cooked. So if you are fighting to get to the top, you're just going to get cooked first. You should be trying to get out of the effing barrel to begin with. You don't want to be in that barrel. You want to be free. And freedom will come from again We need to have generational wealth. Mm-hmm. We need to own we need to own the places that we like. How many hair products stores do you know that are owned by black people? None. That you could walk to on a high street. No. There's I saw an Asian man trying to talk a sister into buying a blue no, wig because yeah, he said it was black. Hair products. Why is he even saying this? He shouldn't be there trying to give a black woman hair. What does he know about black hair other than that he sells it or that he sells black hair products? 
And why is it that this, that, that we've allowed that? And I say allowed it because we'll still go mm-hmm. and shop there. Why have we allowed it? Because we don't want to pay more to to, to patronize uh, a black hair care product. We don't want to go and, and make those business connections with our, our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Ghana and other parts mm-hmm. of the world. We don't want to make those business connections because they might be a teeny bit more expensive or a bit mm-hmm. more inconvenient. For, for the sake of convenience, we have given up so much of our purchasing mm-hmm. power, mm-hmm. our dignity, our, our, our identity, just for the sake of convenience. They took our language. Who stops me in this day and age from learning? Mm-hmm. Who stops me from learning Swahili, Swahili mm-hmm. now? But, but me. I have the internet. I have the greatest tool that, that, that history has ever created in terms of knowledge at my disposal. So who stops me now from getting that advancement, that education? I might not be able to afford the university, but I can sit there and study everything that the curriculum has on my own time and know what the people in the university know without necessarily having the degree. And if the, if my situation improves to where I can go and get that education, I'll even be better off because I've, I've already got that discipline from being self-taught. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You two, uh, you two, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. okay, uh, no. guys, I have to end the podcast. You know that, right? <laughs> you two, you two, you two today. Um, yes. Uh, um, um, let, let me let, let me just end this with my final thoughts. Yeah. You two are. How can I put? Every time I do a podcast, <laughs> I always think, "Oh, that one was the best one," or "That one was the best one," and every time. I, I add someone on. I got mad love now. And now, but the funny thing about it was, I'm gonna ask, like I'm asking El Chapo. I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to build a dynasty here where black yeah. people can, we can just talk and have yeah. a conversation. I don't want it to be no offense to anybody or nothing has happened. I just want to build, mm-hmm. build on what I have. And you two, I, I, I thank you for helping me on this journey because you two are I'm not going to ever forget this believe me I don't I will, I will have you on as many podcasts as I can if you have hey, but hey, hey, let me let me say this I let's, will bring let's, you with me. let's <laughs> think me. about black love yeah let's try yeah. and be faithful to our black women yeah love our black women amen and have amen. kids with our black women I don't care what amen any any man wants to do good, that's your choice. But I will say that for us to unify and have like um, a force, you know, there shouldn't be any divisions, right? It's each to their own. But if we we could all come to a round table and decide on how to treat our women, all this baby mom, baby father bullshit. Sorry for my language. You know, we have to no, have he's respect right. for right. look. I love my <laughs> and my ex girlfriend. You know, my daughter's mom, right? And till this day, I have much love because we have like an understanding as matured people, right? I don't want my daughter to grow up in in an in in an environment where she thinks oh, it's cool to be a single mom and to be a baby mom that's stupid you know so we shouldn't even encourage that yeah and we should also empower our women to love 
themselves, right? So you, I applaud you, Dom, because your wife to be is the definition of an African queen, right? All natural, all kept, everything. So let's mm. let's try and encourage that. All the stupid blue hair, pink hair, white hair bullshit. It has to stop. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a time and a place for that. that <laughs> and everyone's entitled to express themselves the way they want. No one has to wear their hair any which way. If it's on your head, you rock it yes. the way you want to. But we will be promoting certain things, and we'll be the same people exactly. Exactly. now crying in the end. That, oh, look at look at us! Like look at how they look at us. Yeah, because we don't have no culture, or we don't have anything. Well, well, you know what I say? With this podcast, hopefully it gets out to the masses. Hopefully people spread the word. Yes. Hopefully we can get, even if it's this little small step that we're taking, this will get people or get people thinking and change their mind of their perception or anybody else that's doing something. They can hear something like, you know what, it's true. They've changed a little bit in me mm-hmm. where I can go out and think to myself, you know what, I'm gonna be I'm the gonna police officer. I'm gonna become Let's that, run you know, away that from lawyer the police or that when... thing or make a black phone. And <laughs> it, and it, yeah, it, it's small. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's small steps. <laughs> but you guys, um, I have to end the podcast here because I have to go to work <laughs> and I have to get some sleep. But once again, I thank you enough of you guys to help me with this podcast and help me with this journey. Hopefully it just gets bigger and bigger and our word yes, spreads yes, and yeah. we become the most dominant yeah. podcast in England. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? So once again, Alec, thank you. Al Chapo, thank you. Um people, this has been podcast number six. I, I hope yes. you enjoy Have it. a good one. People like yeah. right. peace. You guys I will call Have you. Have a good yes, one. Thank you very much. Hopefully we'll we we'll, we will try and meet soon after post COVID nineteen we have a post COVID nineteen party. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, all right, all right. All right. All right. <laughs>